and Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 166 of There's No Place Like Terra, a Stargate First Watch Rewatch podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we are watching Atlantis Season 1, Episode 7, Poisoning the Well, a.k.a. Thanos' buddy, the Chancellor. Yeah, no, I was going to make a Thanos <laughs> joke as well. Thanos is snap. Yeah. <laughs> Thanos isn't a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. He's just a bad guy. Yeah. This is 100%. Th- well, it's the Thanos rationale. I feel yeah. If you want to sync it down, it's the Thanos rationale. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it the Thanos rationale. Yeah. Um, so before we get to the episode... So there's two 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 things we wanted to discuss that we held off from the Patreon side. Uh, the first is both of us have now seen Captain Marvel. I finally saw Captain Marvel. And my here's my take of I knew going into Captain Marvel, I didn't want it to be like anything more than an how do I phrase this? I didn't want it to be some like touchstone movie making commentary about feminism and shit. And I think it was successful in not doing that while also being very true to being a feminist film, if that... Um, okay. I think that... In terms of because you... Because it is... Is her. Uh She's, like, not giving any... You hear the commentary of, hey, babe, why don't you smile? Right. And all of these things without making a big deal about it. They just had it in the film. Right. I, you know, I think it's very important to remember that we're coming from the female perspective. Yes. So I think they did a great job of making it from that perspective. And I think that's what I mean by making it a feminist film. It was yeah. a movie from a female perspective, almost for a female perspective. Yes. That's what I mean by yeah. it was a feminist film without being like, I'm a feminist film. Yeah. There's a couple of things that... Um, just based on people I've talked to who yeah. are um, male, they Didn't they get. felt a couple things that yeah. were like, mm, that felt personal, that felt personal. And they were great conversations. Yeah. But here's here's the conclusion I came to. Um, there's also this idea that people are talking where they're like, I just don't like Brie Larson. Uh, you know what? I don't care. I don't if care If you either. like her or not. No. And I don't care... If you dislike the words she said before the movie or not. Yeah, like, I, this is about the movie. Yes. And then I will address that stuff, too. But it's <laughs> that comes after. Yeah. The movie does a great job of showing things from the female perspective. Because it's things that we experience and feel on a day-to-day basis, they don't seem big to us. It yes. doesn't seem obvious. Exactly. That, that the guy talks to her because every woman deals with that. Yes. It doesn't seem obvious that Jude Law's character's name, I can't remember, is, yeah, is kind matter. of uh, oppressive. Yes. And it doesn't seem obvious to us that all the Krull are coded male until yes. we realize that they're good guys. Exactly. So all of those things don't seem obvious. They're just part of what existence is when you exist as a female yes. in, in our world. Um, I, I can see how from a male point of view, those things stick out a little more. 
and that's fine. Um, I still think the movie works. Yeah. I think there's one crucial scene mm-hmm. that makes it work. And spoilers, if you have not watched. Yeah, close your eyes. So, for like, or close your eyes. Close <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> close your ears for about 30 seconds. So the uh, there's a fight before the final fight. Because to yes. me, the final fight is where she's saving Earth. Uh-huh. But the fight before was a Jude Law character uh-huh. where he's like, can you finally prove it that yeah. you're this and you're that? Blah, blah, blah. And there's all this buildup. And she just goes, I don't have to prove shit to you. Exactly. That was like the, Mwah, yes. the masterpiece moment. And I think I actually sent uh, an, an, an article or it was like a brief wording to, mm-hmm. to a bunch of us girls that all yeah. have the same thing. And it was talking about how there's a fair amount of critics, a lot of them happen to have been male, yeah. who pointed out that at the end, they didn't feel like there was this emotional climax. They didn't feel like she confronted, you know, yeah. the, the issue at hand or she made a big thing. And they're like, but that's the whole point. That's the part that's not for he, anyone but he a woman. He wanted her to, to get that. super pissed and to come at and rage at him. Yeah. And her... Like, the fact that she was calm and didn't get emotional and went, no, I'm just going to fucking deal with this. Yeah. With the issues and fuck you. Like, and there's, you know, and there's other parts of the film that I'm sorry, I cut you off. It was it's more of just like there's so many times where the strongest thing a woman can do is not get emotional, is not get revenge. The strongest thing a woman can do is fucking walk away. Well, and and not give in to the emotion of it. Or, Or even just it's it's about being completely self-assured and like i don't yeah. have to prove this to you yeah you want whether this. it's emotional it. or not yeah whether you're telling me to cry or not cry or or smile da- or, or smile or whatever the fuck you're wanting me to do i'm gonna do what i want exactly to do. and what i want to do is this thing exactly because sometimes it is getting emotional yeah and people are telling you not to but you know what fuck off yeah this is what i need to do exactly and ultimately that's what i need um, and there was other parts of the movie where i will i will take the critiques like i can see them yeah um, I, I was talking it's to not someone a about. Film in any way. They're like she's not very funny. She's not Iron Man. Then her her quips. Yeah. No one in the theater was laughing at, and I was like, I'll, I'll give you that, and that yes. part was true. But she I almost don't stark. know that she was. She's supposed to be. She's not. Maybe she's built to be that or, or maybe that's the actress or or maybe that was her um internalizing it even further like this is only meant to entertain me it's it's because i i appreciate the fact that she it was one of those cases where it may have not felt like perfect for the movie or the character but it mm-hmm. felt perfect in like re- realisticness of like she's just some dry sarcasm that happens to yeah be realistic it doesn't Someone who's sarcastic and dry is not always funny to everyone else. And I'll give you that. And I'll give you that. She's not the funniest of heroes. And that's fine. Um, And, you know, I'll take that critique. She is one of the driest. She definitely, (laughs) she's not that. And, and, And there's an expected superhero. There's yes. an expected uh, stereotype of like the funny guy, the funny quippy yeah. person who can get into it. And I'm glad she didn't fall um, into that. She didn't, and and maybe that's part of it. And people are like, "Well, this is what I expected." Yeah. But again, that's not what she's meant to be. She's and, not. And ultimately, um, I know there was like this whole controversy over Brie Larson and the things she said before the movie, um, which. So I came at that from a communications major. Like there yeah. was one bit where she literally said, "This is not for forty year old men." Yeah. 
Um, I don't want 40-year-old men to come to the movie. Uh, and so that's where... And the reason I want to address this is because it's one of the things I, I like to stay aware of. There's a difference between working for equality um, and inclusion versus doing it at the risk of excluding others. Yeah. So there's a way, I think, that we can say... This movie is built for women. Yes. If you happen to like it and you're a 40-year-old man, Rock cool. On. Yeah. If not, that's okay. You it's it's there's a difference saying <laughs> that this is written from a perspective. Yeah. Of of, you know, which and I think that may have been a, a misstep, but in the long run, if there's a couple missteps and feelings get hurt yeah. along the way, eat a dick. Kind of. Just <laughs> a big yeah. one. Just like, I'll, I'll, I will, uh, I appreciate. pop the, the dick. Yeah. Like, I appreciate the idea of like, hey, this could have been handled differently. Yeah. Absolutely, it could have. But in the long run of working towards what we're working for, well, sometimes you have to smash a couple. There's, there's also things. just this concept of, yes, yeah, sometimes people make poor choice of words. Mm-hmm. You also have to. Sometimes you can't take words at face value. Yeah. And it's like, if you look at the consistency of what it was said about a lot of things, it was not meant necessarily to imply that. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. So it's, yeah, it's, if, sometimes if you, you have yeah. to take the intent behind the words yeah. as much as the actual words themselves. It's, words it's, don't yeah. exist in a vacuum. Also, if you want to be outraged by it and you're... Go. Then go be outraged by yeah, it. Yeah, I have better shit to that's do. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine too. <laughs> in the... People are going... There's... In the struggle to yeah. change the way things are, some people's feelings yeah. will get hurt. The... Um, I just have ultimately, to, I loved it. I just have to say my favorite... My favorite moment of the film is one where it's interesting, again, from perspective... Okay. ...that... And it's a music choice, and it's going to be minor spoilers oh, of one music scene? choice. Yeah. Yes. Now, there are one part that there is a song choice of when she's finally starting to, like, she turns the switch, basically, yeah. and starts fighting on her own terms. Uh-huh. No doubt I'm Just a Girl starts yeah. playing. I actually wrote an entire paper on that And last night. I will tell you... <laughs> I'm not kidding. <laughs> there has been few points of my moving-going experience where I have been more fucking delighted yeah. by that single moment in my entire life, and it's listening to a bunch... Uh, to other people... There is a very clear line about people who either enjoyed that musical choice or can't yeah. stand that musical choice. And I will tell you, pretty sure that music choice was directly aimed towards uh, people who were teenage girls in the 90s. Yeah. Because it Again, was... Again, it's tongue-in-cheek the way the song is tongue-in-cheek, the way is. the movie's trying to be tongue-in-cheek. And it was the most perfect choice. And it's interesting how the people who are like, yeah, that song choice was dumb. It just took me out of the moment. I was like, no. No, it cemented me yeah. so deep into the moment. Uh, yeah, so... I got to do this. I, I got this perfectly timed assignment uh, for my history of music class, um, where we had to analyze a a movie, a TV yeah. show, and a commercial, uh-huh. and pull a song from it that was not directly written for it. Okay. And uh, and write on how why it was used, okay. where it was used, who composed it. Okay. Um, and what the demographic is and why we think this was effective or not effective. Yeah. So I obviously. Shows I'm I had, just yeah. a girl in the middle. <laughs> I had actually, I had actually already done this. Okay. A nerd time. Yeah. I had already done the homework. And you with changed With a different it. song. I love it. And I was like, oh, I got to redo this. I love it. 
I love that nerd brain. <laughs> but that's our take on Captain Marvel. Go watch it. Go watch it. If nothing else, if if you're on the fence, if you know, if if you're not coming from the female point of view, go watch it so you can get the entirety of the Avengers. Yes. But it's well done. It's eye candy. It's beautiful. It's fun. It is fun. I had fun. If nothing else, have fun with the young Sam Jackson. Oh my gosh, yeah. And a cat. Yeah, we do get a little bit of a backstory of a, like something with Sam Jackson that we, we didn't know about. Um, and you know, RMP and Peace blockbuster. Oh, blockbuster. <laughs> um, so, but that, and then watch, and then go creep yourself out and watch us. Uh, and then next week not. you can watch Shazam. I'm kind of excited Woo! for Shazam. Yes. So my my one brief tangent before we get into this. Oh boy. Well, we're gonna be starting the episode like 15 minutes into the episode. Yeah. So uh, yeah, just forward <laughs> a little it? bit, five more minutes. So because my story deals with uh, beer and yarn. <laughs> Like, it's the perfect storm. Yeah. It's the perfect Nixie storm. Um, and, uh, <laughs> sometimes Nick walks in with random plants and puts them in their face while we're recording. <laughs> that, that, was our, that was why we paused. I'm not sometimes. even going to edit that one out. First time. First time. Uh, so, it's not like it happens on random occasions. <laughs> so, yesterday, there is there is an event here in Central Florida called the Yarn Lounge. A shout out to your, those people who listen to this who have fun with yarn. And basically, it's an event where there's a couple indie dyers, and it happened at a local brewery we haven't been to. And there's a food truck. And I bought some yarn. All the yarn. All the yarn. I bought some yarn. Um, Yeah, I'm going to say that you bought... I... A month's worth of groceries worth of yarn. (laughs) I went... I had... I had some fun with the squishies and had some good beer. And, you know, Nick was there and he's the one that went, you should buy a sweater's quantity of this. And I went, okay. I mean, if you're going to tell me to, I'm gonna. Also, I'm not wearing, I got a cool, I'm not wearing it today and I forgot about it. I'm, I got a cool new bracelet. It's it's leather and Ooh. it's it's a ruler that wraps twice around my wrist and nice. then and then clasps. So I have like an 18 inch ruler That's with me awesome. at all times. Where did you get that? At one of the yarn booths. That's awesome. It's so cool. Guys, I had a lot of fun. I was Nick at one point turned because one of our buddies was supposed to come and drink beer and game with him, and he couldn't come. And so Nick still came. I give him credit, but yeah. at one point he's like, "I need to go. I'm done here." He got really bored. There was like, <laughs> I think three other husbands there. Yeah, and like two. They should have had like a husband waiting area, probably or something. Would have been non, smart, and not even husband, just non knitter waiting non-knitter area. Non knitter area with maybe some puppies I, and some beer. I. They'll again if you are at all interested in in knitting or yarn or anything. Remember, I have an Instagram at Infinite Nicks. There'll be pictures posted. Already, when this goes out, of right. my loot. Okay. Why are we Episode. here again? Episargate! Yes! That's right! August 20th, 2004! Ciao! This was written by Damon Kindler, directed by Brad Turner. Um, so, the one, there's really no... Uh, Perna, we've seen before. Okay. In an episode of SG-1. She looks familiar. Yeah. Remember The Cure? Where they're like, hey... Let's use the 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 Gould Queen for medical research. Oh, she's really good at these episodes. Yeah, I know. Damn, girl. Okay, you so pray. we start with an actual civilization. Yes, it looks like Florence. I mean, I mean to say settled, like 
The Athosians are also a civilization, but you know what I mean. Um, modern-ish. <laughs> yes. Modern-ish. It, it, it somehow reminds me of Florence. A little steampunky. Uh, yeah. They're uh, um, playing with geothermal vents, so literal steam. Yeah. Punk. <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> Chancellor Durin uh, is explaining how the power is one of the biggest concerns here. So they're developing a geothermal energy system, which actually shocks McKay, since this all seems way too primitive to use geothermal energy. <laughs> um, so, by the way, the planet is really hot on the inside. Weird. Is what happens. And the core of the Earth is just a solid hot planet crazy hot core of got iron a fever and nickel. Of iron uh, and nickel. <laughs> uh, got a fever of the surface of the sun. I don't know, forget the temperature. Um, but yeah, the, the core of the earth is the temperature of the surface of the sun. Wow. Like it'd be fucking hot in there. Yikes. And and Yikes. it basically the core also is just under three quarters the size of the moon. So it's a big old core down there. Cool, Um, cool, cool. And that heat just kind of bleeds out towards the surface. Uh, And if you've ever been in a hot spring. So it's just farting. It's just farting. (laughs) You ever been in a, it's it's Dutch ovening the earth. (laughs) Is that what the atmosphere there Uh is? Yeah, that's (laughs) the atmosphere. It's a blanket to Dutch oven. I mean, that's literally the atmosphere is just a Dutch oven. <laughs> um, if you've ever been in a hot spring, geothermal energy, bitch. I don't um, know that I have. Well, you've heard of them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm just, no, I'm just thinking of I haven't. I've missed out on things in life. Yeah, I haven't been in one. So they're actually, um, geothermal energy is actually pretty round awesome sauce option for getting energy. The only downs, the main downside is just location. It's, it's location prohibitive. It is the farting. <laughs> Sorry. It's location prohibitive because they're easy to do right around tectonic plate edges. Guess what? There's a bunch of California. Yay. I know those. So they're, back, they're like in my backyard, <laughs> almost quite literally. So back in the day, they'd actually use hot springs for underground heating. So they'd use geothermal energy for underground for, for heating the floors. Like oh, okay. Roman times, yo? Yeah. I feel like I that makes sense. I've yeah. seen it in like modern equivalent, like where you put under wooden yeah. floors, uh-huh. people put heaters, which so, sounds crazy to me, but I mean, whatever works. America's, for, listen, if you've ever gotten up in the dead of winter and with with like cold floors no it just it sounds crazy to me that it can work without burning your house down oh yeah that's what i mean it's basically you're running just hot water i oh, got it so got you, it. it's the same as a hot water heater cool cool, cool. it's like the same system I'm on it. um and america's first district heating system using geothermal energy was in boise idaho oh, boy. in 19 or 18 1892 go boise Uh, And as for power generation, the United States itself generates 29% of the geothermal energy in the world. That's a lot of numbers. It's still a really small percentage of the global power output, though. Like, we're hoping by 2050 that it'll be 5% of the world's demand. Like, it's still really small. Hopefully, 50 years after that, it'll be like 10%, but... Um, but if we could do a little more geothermal, a little more wind power, a little more Solar. solar... yeah. Maybe cut down on that 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 oil, yo. That that sweet sweet black tar. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
those poor dinosaurs. Can we, like, can stop. we stop putting dinosaurs in our car? <laughs> I'm wearing my Land Before Time t-shirt. Can we stop putting Littlefoot in cars? They're like, okay. fuck, we died for this shit? <laughs> what was I reading? Some, I was reading something recently about how it actually... Someone found a rock, a fossil. Yeah. I'll have to put the link up on Facebook uh-huh. when I find it. On how they can see... How it actually hit and how instant oh, everything yeah, was, no. and how like this thing hit the earth, and the crater was so high that it was like five times yeah. the size of Everest yeah. was what it shot out uh-huh. to. Like imagine something hitting so hard that what the land that shoots up around it is five times taller than Everest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or probably some other greater number. I'm gonna find it. It's well, insane. you know, one of the you know one of the leading theories of like how the moon was formed. It's a piece of, of Earth, right? It's that, it's basically something hit the, in the same way. Yeah. It's like a protoplanet hit the Earth so hard yeah. that it didn't just send things up into the atmosphere. It, like, destroyed the Earth. Yeah. And as it was coming back together, a little piece of it didn't, it, like... It came loose. Yeah, it yeah. came loose. <laughs> Goodness. Yes. Okay, so... Um, Geothermal uh, geothermal power is is like super renewable. Uh, the Earth's not going to run out of heat anytime soon. You do have to be a little bit careful of how like hot you run it, um, because it, uh, there's a few areas where if you run it hard enough, basically if you seal enough heat in one super condensed area, that the the water temperature in that area underneath can like lower just a little bit. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it heats back up. Yeah, they yeah, actually. Yeah. So you you essentially are turning spinning turbines the same as you would in most power generation but okay. instead you're you're drawing the steam up from really deep in the earth and that's your heat your hot steam oh dang to spin the turbines so you're basically just cycling it you're cycling because yeah. actually they send the water that the condenses back down in the same level back under the earth to go heat up again dang yeah okay so the people on Hoffa um basically feel like they're giving the wraith the middle finger they aren't going to let like they aren't going to live in fear right of some future culling to stop them reaching culturally um because that would just be a victory i'll give them that they have had courage oh there it's courage arrogance no some of what they're doing is absolutely fantastic in terms of when we later find out the libraries and they're just badass attitudes against the Wraith. They get a little blinded, though, as we'll come to find they out. They do. They do. I'm not saying that it's wisdom. No. They not do wisdom. definitely have courage. Yeah. <laughs> courage, yes. They're definitely all Gryffindors. Yeah. Uh, so they're working on a defense, which Durin has men- hasn't mentioned in the past two days of them being here um, because he didn't know if they trusted these off-worlders mm-hmm. first. And, um, you know, they're, the Wraith are going to come again. We know that. But it's probably going to be another 50 years or so. So we have time to perfect this defense. And John's like, yeah. <laughs> um, about that. This is not a great thing. Credits. <laughs> so Duran leads them to a whole different looking part of the base. A bit like Area 51 in 1918. Sure. I mean, Area 51 wasn't there. The area was. <laughs> uh, and Duran shows him a small vial of liquid. Yeah. Usually red potions are good. Red potions <laughs> usually healing potion, if I remember correctly. I don't but know. But they can also be some crazy ones. Yeah. But you, you always have to do a sip test. Always do a sip test. Uh, by, by default, in, because of colors, I would trust a blue potion before I trust a red potion. I mean, you could. Yeah, just by natural emotions of colors. Yeah. That's fair. I took a class on 
Color. emotion-y, color-y yeah. things. No, it's true. Um, See, I think red and blood. Yeah, for it, but I, but red is a poison. I just see a poison. skull and crossbones. Yeah. On see, it. I wouldn't drink a green potion. No. Yeah, that yeah. one's like nah, nah, nah. Uh, you got to drink it first, <laughs> especially if it's glowing. Yeah. Um, but this little violet liquid is something that the Hoffins hope will make them completely immune to the wraith. Which is yeah. So that's totally a thing. <laughs> so they go and report back to Weir. Uh, they have this really cool drug. Uh, but they're years away from finishing it, mm-hmm. which McKay sort of scoffs at that, you know, they're they're so full of themselves science wise that they think they can do this and he's a little extra smug at that. Yeah. Taylor's like, should we not underestimate them? Because their entire civilization is literally built around yeah. science. Hey, maybe let's drug. not let our jealousy over the fact <laughs> that they designed something <laughs> Make us want to talk down to them. Yeah. Because they're clearly got something going here. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, and and with the current, you know, wraith threats, <laughs> John was like, hey, we can help you yeah. with that drug. I do like the approach here, though. It's McKay's like, oh, and tell him what you did. Tell him what yeah, you did, John. Tell him what you did, John. I'm telling mom on yeah, you. Yeah, I'm telling where on you, and then she's going to like me better, except never. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Where's like you told that we would help. Yeah. Good to know. Uh-huh. Glad. Cool, cool, cool. Um, and, you know, if there's something that we can do, John says, we really should help because it can help us too. And Carson's volunteered to go. He's like, oh, oh, really? Oh, has he? Well, yeah. he, he will. <laughs> He's being voluntold. Cut to a very grumbly Carson <laughs> on Hoffa trying to explain how being voluntold works to John. <laughs> uh, and he, he's like, I'm not military. You can't give me orders. I do like the it's the principle. If you watch Bob's Burgers, <laughs> all I think of is that that part where Bob's just like, it's the principle. It's the principle. So McKay just points out how really he didn't want to go just because uh, he doesn't like going through the Stargate. Yeah. And John compares Carson to Dr. McCoy which I'm fine with yeah because I love Bones I did have to stop when I did my rewatch and I go hey hey Jesse (laughs) is this does McCoy not like being beamed up (laughs) he's like he hates it and he goes you talking about Star Trek and I was like yeah he goes no he hates it he hates it and I was like okay he goes is that all? Because <laughs> like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and he hates it for like the same reason. He's like, yeah, I know too much. I know <laughs> too much about how this works. <laughs> breaking me apart and then putting me back together again doesn't yeah. compute. Um, but I liked, I liked kind of throwing him for a loop there. Cause he's like, <laughs> is that it? What are you, what are you doing? Uh, and just a reminder again that Paul almost played Scotty in the Aww. new movies. And I love, I love, uh, what's his face? We were just talking oh. about Shaun of the Dead. Shaun, Simon Pegg. Yes. I love Simon Pegg. Yeah. But I really wish Paul McGillian had played I mean, I can see why. Uh, yeah, now that you see, now he that you have met person. him, yeah. He apparently was uh, Jimmy Doohan's family's choice. To, and uh, and he does get a cameo in the first, in the 2009 film. I did not know that. Yeah, Polly has a, has a cameo there. Um, because they're like, yeah, we know you would be really great as Scotty, but we're going to go with Simon Pegg. Maybe. But that's not his cousin, Maddie. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I really could j- just now that you again you've met Carson. Uh-huh. Now just imagine that yeah. lovable, just, just. No, I will say the downside is that he'd be playing the same character, but not. 
He's an engineer. Yeah, that's not fair. a doctor. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. I, I feel you. I'm just yeah. trying to find the silver lining. Yeah, no, I, there is no silver lining to not have Paul <laughs> McGillian play Scotty. Um, you have to just write the fanfic. I clearly. Yeah. So. And what's some more of my favorite McKay and Carson banter mm-hmm. is McKay's like, I mean, how often do you get to travel to an alien planet? Yeah. Carson's like, I was already on. Literally an alien already on. And I, I'm not home. I don't know how you guys quickly so adjusted, which, and that's the truth, is they all adjusted, yeah. like, okay, is this home now? Let's settle in. Let's get comfy. But Carson, he's like, no, still in shock. But also, no, but Carson's also going, my home is fucking Scotland. Yeah. You don't forget that shit. No, that's true. Your yeah. home is California. Yeah. You would, you would, nothing would compare yeah. to California. Yeah. That will always be home. Yeah. Don't come talk to me about how this is home now. Exactly. This is never home. Never home. Everyone asks where I'm from. I say Michigan. Boom. Get it. Yeah. <laughs> so they make it to the lab and Carson starts tinkering with things. Uh, they've mastered biochem, physiology, submicular biology, which is all impressive. And then... I do want to take a minute before we get to this part. Yes. Because he picks up a thing of potions uh-huh. again. Yeah. Now there's a red potion, which yeah. we've talked about, uh-huh. and a green potion, which we've talked about, and a blue potion, which, again, we've, yeah. we've talked about. We've but talked there's about a spotted brown potion. <laughs> What the fuck could that be? That is... Did someone just shit in a vial? <laughs> is that just someone's sample? Yeah, probably. Uh, it's, uh, it's the potion that turns you into a cow. <laughs> it's the cow potion. It's a cow potion. All right. Either that or like a salamander it's or a, some other... It's a It's a motion. <laughs> it's a motion. Please have some motion. I really... Uh, Nefreya really needs to invent a motion now to be oh, used yeah. in battle. Oh, yeah. That's just a transfiguration. It's just a transfiguration potion uh-huh. to turn an enemy into a cow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's legit has to happen, I Or yeah, it's got to do something that makes them friends. Like, it turns them, it's like, it turns them into a good guy. Yeah, but also a cow. Uh, but, yeah, a cow good guy. A cow good well, guy. Because he is a bulk. A cow which guy. Which is basically a cow guy. Yeah. So to him, it's like, well, if I turn you into a cow, then I'm turning you into something like me, so therefore yeah. you have to be my friend. Uh-huh. I dig it. And then if <laughs> we need to... We have rations for a bit. Oh, I don't know that. I, I don't know that Nefreyu can do that. Actually, he doesn't eat really too much. Uh, I know, but Brass is gonna eye that cow up. That's fine. Yeah, that is totally fine. I'm not saying it's like we then slaughter him that night. I'm just saying if we then have a cow along the way, uh-huh. we need rations. Oh, I'm gonna release him Nemeria style and be like, <laughs> go. Go. It's still a cow, so he's like, Murr? and it's like, get GTFO. Murr. It's like Melissa from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> I'm gonna have nightmares about this cow in a blonde wig. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Okay, so just then, in walks Perna. <laughs> Later. And what's I had a slightly different song. Oh, you tell me. Uh, the Carson sees that the lights dim. Never have I seen you looking as I did tonight. <laughs> Never <laughs> seen you shine so bright, lady in white. <laughs> See, my other option, which yeah. I thought would work, was your love is like bad medicine. 
<laughs> Bad medicine is what I need. Shake it up. That oh. both work. This is just the first one that popped in my oh, head yeah. for some reason. And I think the bad medicine one I may have taken from a Kevin Smith movie. That's fine. I don't remember. We have no problems with Kevin Smith. Here. Oh no, I was just wanted to give credit where credit is due. So, um, she she says that this is her people's legacy and we represent hundreds of years of medical knowledge. Introductions are, are adorably awkward uh-huh. and Carson is smitten. Charmed, I'm sure. He Carson is just charming. Anything, whatever you say. Hi, I love you. I, I love you. Can I take you home? Let me let me talk to you in my in my super lovely <laughs> accent some more. So um I mean, Carson's eyes twinkle no matter what. Yeah. But they're, like, extra twinkle now. Yeah. So the team leaves Carson to do what Carson does. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they walk through the tunnels. They're like, hey, there's a lot of sexual tension here, so we're just going to leave you guys. Bye. <laughs> that can't end badly at all. We don't want to be part of this. We don't want to watch this. Go do some, like, instead of foreplay, it's just, like, science play. Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like. It's just getting, like, I can just almost smell the pheromones. It's freaking me out. We're going to go. So, um. Duran continues to explain uh, what the promise of this drug is to their people. Tale is doubtful um, because cullings are literally just a part of existence here. Yeah. Like, there's not even a... Taylor doesn't even know how to contemplate life without culling. Yeah, it's it just shows how different... How different the approaches can be because they yeah. all are aware of the race. Yeah. Um, and, and Taylor's like, it's like, it's death. Death yeah. happens. It's going to come. Whereas the people on this planet are just like, no. Yeah. We're going to fight this shit. Yeah. It's what a different amount of. It's just like, I, I don't know. I, it sounds bad, but it's like there's there's a bit of defeat in how Taylor deals with it. It's partly in, in. I think it is. I think defeat's a really interesting word for that, because part of me and I was just about to say, if. If we were the Hoffins, if, like, you took yeah. Earth and sort of the Earthling mind frame yeah. and put it into this galaxy, I can't say that our culture and our society wouldn't do what the Hoffins do. I mean, consider how much we fight diseases now. Exactly. And if we're treating it like such. Exactly. And then, so, to, I think, it's defeats from our point of view. Sure. Whereas to Taylor, it is, like... This is us defeating them from our time frame. As, as many of us of our people don't die, that is a success. That is a defeat, yeah. You know, that's, that's a success for that. every single person of, of of our village, of our planet that doesn't die is one victory in our box. I'll take that. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's so it's, fair. it's all the, the perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently, you know, part of the culling as well is just also to stop people from advancing too far with the technology that they could be a threat right. to the wraith. Uh, which is why we we will start to we already have and we'll see more societies that hide, yeah, that aren't as out in the open with their technology. Because yeah. even Taylor, like they clearly have some high technology, but they don't use it in an outwardly facing way. Right, it's everything's kept kind of stealthy so yeah. that you can avoid. Basically, the the goal is to avoid detection. Yeah. 
So the Hoffins are sure they can win, and he leads them to this huge library. They hide these archives around the city. There's a whole bunch of them. They're all duplicates of each other. And the idea that if the Wraith take one of these libraries out, there's going to be others, and this has the entire history of their people. And I understand that this is a really, like, solemn moment and why they built these, but dear God, that library is really cool. I know. It's like Beauty and the Beast moment. I'm like, I want to be where all the books are. (laughs) What do you think Daniel would do if he just saw this oh he would never leave he'd be like i live here now i live here now come back for me in ever yeah come back for me when the calling starts um so (laughs) sorry 150 years ago scientists were really close to creating a prototype of this drug only to be wiped out at the last second Mm -hmm. they've been working on it since then and the huffins believe that if they are no threat to the wraith anymore if the wraith can't feed on them then the wraith are just going to move on and ignore them Taylor's like, That's but are they though? Not how they do things. Um, she. It's very optimistic thinking. Very optimistic. She's and Taylor's like, like not real. Kind of just might wipe you out instead. They're kind of just shitheads, guys. Um, and I do like this philosophy, as flawed as it is. I like the ultimate philosophy of Durin, where he's like, "Look, I can't control what the Wraith do. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do what I do." Yeah. I'm going to do what I can to try to break this cycle. I can't control what the Wraith are going to do. And I can't I can't make my plans based on how many possible outcomes. No, and I I got to say that I completely understand that mentality. Exactly. That's something like as flawed as it is. I love that. It's portion like of I it. only have control over what I can do. And yes. what I can do is try to build a vaccine. Yep. The end. So back in the lab, Perna is passionately introduces Carson to the journals of Pharaoh Mylands. Um, he was the lead scientist, one of the greatest medical minds of the Hoffman people who found the key to the drug. There's mm-hmm. a man who survived an encounter with the Wraith. And through all this research, they found that he possessed this protein marker that allowed him to resist the chemicals that the Wraiths like excrete through their hands mm-hmm. that go into their victims that basically prep them for life sucking right uh and through all this trial and error pharaoh was able to make a copy of this protein he created a prototype of this drug which was designed to basically stop the feeding process Mm -hmm. Um, but he never got a chance to try it with the wraith um and and there's two there's twice that i've sort of done direct quotes from Perna and, and their the right. journals. He goes, he and his team worked into the last possible moment. They knew the Wraith ships were overhead and still they worked through the night, hoping to provide one more insight, one less threat of knowledge, not for themselves, but for the generation that would survive. Yikes. Tens of thousands of soldiers gave their lives to they'll give them those last few hours. And the fact that the last words of Pharaoh's journal are known by all Hoffins. Yeah, that is powerful. That's extremely... This is... Again, this is an entire society who is only geared that Perna is basically one of the most revered people mm-hmm. on this planet, really. The, their goal is to survive. Yeah. And that's everything is based on this history that they know, this mm-hmm. lore. To a point where I'm like, hey, 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 no one's thought about the guy that had the protein marker again. Yeah. Maybe more people like him exist. Maybe there's something there. I, I've, to me, it's like they're so focused that yeah. they're like one straight shot. They're they're like the the yeah. Drakey boy <laughs> of humans. Oh, there's a treat. There's a treat. I see a treat. I see this one I see treat. Nothing else. Nothing else in the world exists except this one thing. The blinders are on. So 
it's admirable the fact that they are courageous and yeah. push forward, but it's also short-sighted. It's a, and there is a whole trail of short-sightedness yeah. that happens among these people. Which is, the, the funniest part is they think they're so yeah. not. They think they're so yeah. seeing the future and preparing for it, but in their attempt to do that, they're so closed. Yeah. Laser focused. Yeah, And they okay. also have research materials and carefully preserved wraith cell samples they've used to this day. 150-year-old wraith cell samples. Dang. Um, so back in Atlantis, Carson, he he saw this working. Like, yeah. this is no joke. He saw this under a microscope. We're skeptic... 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 Sorry, I I'm wrote not this helping. word, and I don't know why I wrote this word down, because I can never say it. Skeptical. Skeptical. I still pronounced it wrong. That's okay. Okay. Um, Carson was that at first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he ran his own tests. Uh, he used the arm that John found in the pilot. And yeah, it, it works. It, this On this, these cells. But even again, if you're this early. The, yeah, the fact that it works at all. To Carson, this is extremely early on in the drug creation process. Sure. So to him, this thing kills race cells that stops the race. Cell. Like this works. Statement. Yeah, this is the statement. This thing affects race cells. Yes. That in itself is we something. We now have something grounded that we can start working yeah. from. Um, and he wants to help take their work to the next level. He did tell the Hoffmans about Steve. And... Um, Yes, Carson knows exactly what that means. That he told the Huffins about Steve. <laughs> He's like, I'm not dumb. Yikes. Calculated risk. Yeah. Also, I may have been way a little excited at the same time because science and also there's a hot girl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is where it starts to get dicey. Yeah. But I'm going to let it get there. So down with Steve, Bates reports that Steve's been quiet. He's mm. not technically been named Steve yet. He's, uh, he's, he's given up on trying to make people see things. John's actually surprised he lasted this long. Oh, and this is, this is where he gets the name Steve. Uh, Wraith actually says when he goes, how do you like Steve? He goes, I am your death. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Steve. Do you think they have, like, names that we would understand? I'm more focused on the fact that I want to yell that in D&D battle in the future. <laughs> I am your death. That is all you need to know. I like that. <laughs> um, so, John continues to taunt him. Steve taunts back. Uh, Steve started to give some Look, info. I'll give Steve credit for, like, his moxie's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. He's not breaking He goes out soon. like a badass. To be fair, I don't think he ever actually breaks. He's just yeah, like... That's, yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll tell you info that is dumb for you to know if you give me Fine. food. Yeah, here's all the things that are gonna happen to you, you dumb um, shit. So in the conference room, Carson explains to the team that uh, the researchers are the point where they need live wraith samples now. Live nude wraith. Sorry, it just sounded really oh weird. Oh, that that's uncomfortable. That that's is in my not brain what now. the scientific research needs. In neon lights. Live no one needs rains. that. <laughs> oh, I can't stop thinking of it. Are they Barbie and Ken style? No, I wish they were. <laughs> like, how do they mate? Do they need a penis and vagina? I don't know. They grow eggs. They're egg growers. Oh, they could be Barbie and Ken. It's just smooth. 
I mean, the egg's got to come out of somewhere. It's true. <laughs> I'm done now. Okay, I'm we're, sorry. We're this, I apologize for the mental image, y'all. Live need race. <laughs> Send all your emails to Grace. Um, so... You know, he and the Hoffins have been working, please, no. (laughs) All the Hoffins have uh, been working basically on decayed skin cells. There's only so much they can do with that. Um, And, but Carson's like, this this could work. This drug can happen, but we need the next step. Mm -hmm. And Taylor is still doubtful and still pretty sure that this could all be their undoing and their downfall. Yeah. And Brightside McKay is like, well, I mean... Even if it goes badly for them, it can work out well for us. Oh. So let's so let's you know sum up a little bit here. Yeah. Let's get into some mild torture. Yeah. Um, slightly problematic well, things. Well, okay. Let me just say, at this point, they're not necessarily talking about mild torture because it's not like they need to cut off his arm for the skin cells. No. They could do like a cheek swab. All they need is some samples. Well, here. no, but they gotta take his ass out to get the. The swabs. Uh, okay. Unless he cooperates. He's not going to. Fine. Yeah. He's not going to. A little bit of mild torture. Mild torture. A little bit of gambling with lives, but um, someone might win. Uh, right. Uh, no big. I don't know if there's too much life risk here. All right. Because they can take, even if Steve doesn't want to go out, they can take him out safely with the stunners. They can. Yeah. Yikes. Um... But Taylor also sees the other long game. That if uh-huh. there's only some people in the galaxy who are immune, then the the rest of the people are gonna be called more. Yeah, she's got a the 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 most grounded moral center yeah. in the room. She's like, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Can we think about this? Let's consider the fact that we gotta save all the peoples. Yeah. But also you're saying save everyone or save no one? Basically, it's Which I don't know that that's better. Well, because she's saying the only way this is going to be effective is that if everyone in the galaxy has the immunity. Right. Otherwise, they're just going to be like, well, we don't go to that planet. There's one other planet that and we they're pull just gonna more hit it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and John says that Steve blinked. He may break soon. <laughs> and they agree to try to take a sample from Steve uh, since they can do it safely because they have the Wraith Stunners. Yeah. So on the brig, hi, Steve. Bye, Steve. Yeah. Uh, and they stun him, and a very nervous Carson goes in yeah, to do I this thing. Yeah, I don't feel good for him at all. In any shape or form. Yeah. Uh, you know, he mentions this later. But one, he's dealing with this creature that could kill him in yeah. a second. Here's the thing. Also, Two, Carson's not a war cleric. No. that No, that's what I mean. <laughs> he's dealing with this thing that could kill him. He's Not only that, this thing that could kill him is now out. Yeah. And it's helpless. And so the doctor and him is still like, I've got to, like, do this thing. Yeah. Plus, it's this weird creature. You're uh-huh. like, oh, I want to touch it. <laughs> it's gooey. <laughs> I have a problem. I have a hunch that Carson doesn't care about that part as much. No. But I care about yeah, that part. Yeah, it's a little, yeah. Well, I here's just, the thing. We don't know if he's grossed out because he's worked on humans before. Yeah. Humans are different than I don't know. He was holding that Wraith hand like it was no problem That's in the entire true. world. That's true. That is very true. But I also like the difference, just a, a brief moment to touch on how different um, Janet and Carson are. Yeah. Because Janet is a war cleric, yeah. essentially. Like, she could, she could go in there and if the Wraith did anything, she's going to pull her sidearm and put him down. Like, yeah, she's she, she ain't fucking help. around. But at the same time, Carson has this whole other side that, that Janet... It, 
I think would bring someone else in on is Carson is also like a research yeah. doctor. Like he's Well see where so Janet was essentially a military healer. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I can kick some ass and uh-huh. I can make people feel better. I can give life and I can take it. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas uh Beckett, Carson is like, look, I, I save lives and then yeah. I find other ways to save lives. Exactly. <laughs> and then I save lives some more. And then I save more lives. And then more lives are saved because of those lives which, that are saved. Which is why I think it'd be I would love to fanfic again yeah. just if Janet would approach this episode in a different way than Carson does well the thing to remember too with Janet though is that her moral compass is in a similar place as Taylor's and that's what I'm saying which is why I would yeah. I would love to see because as much as Janet holds to the same ideals and morals as Carson does there's this other um lens that she sees everything yeah. through yeah so again I I think it'd be I'd love it intrigues me that would be interesting so yeah so Carson it is fun to play that game of like what happens if we drop this team here what, what happens what, if we drop this team what would here? happen if this was an SG1 episode yeah I mean he'd still be named Steve he would still be named Steve. Because uh, Jack and um, Jeff are cut the same from guy. the same fabric. Yeah. Uh, Yikes. So Carson then brings all of the toys to Perna's lab. Sure. And her eyes light up like it's every Christmas morning put together. <laughs> then they science it up. They're going to start with a better delivery system. He mm-hmm. wants to recreate the key protein as a synthetic version because it'd be easier and it would increase the efficiency than trying to recreate a sort of natural version of it mm-hmm. uh, and as they get ready to go he claps his hands and it's like a bald head is soon shaved and Perna's like you speak different yeah <laughs> um, yeah and, I don't know that one either and that's when and that's when she's like where where do you come from like what is it, what is it yeah. like where you come from and of course immediately he starts waxing poetically about of Scotland course. yeah it's goddamn Scotland and I don't know why he's like it's a choir taste no it's fucking Scotland and it might be one of the most beautiful places on the face of the earth hmm. um but she's like I kind of meant earth because yeah. what's it like not having wraith uh yeah it's not much better <laughs> which is what he says it's like you'd be surprised how not peaceful it is yeah uh and we're spoiled rotten brats maybe that's think about the it. condition maybe that's the human or humanoid condition uh you know it's yeah. it's to find something to war about well it's also and there's been so one of the popular reoccurring themes in um in science fiction is what would happen and and what would happen to the earth taken our current political dealings right you know what would happen if suddenly we had a big threat from space that that threatened the planet as a whole um, oh and it happens repeatedly there's a there's a um I think it's something turtle dove I think maybe the author but he did an entire uh, miniseries on what would happen if in the middle of World War II aliens attacked earth Huh. Truthfully? Yeah. <laughs> I think my gut would have been allies retreat. Let them take out the bad guys. 
Yeah. And then go in after. It's actually... Which I don't know that that's good. No, but the, the plot of this is that all of a sudden we are now working together. In the yeah. middle of World War II, basically, we're all fighting. It turns into fighting. Game of Thrones. We it all turns, need a Jon Snow. We all... Yeah. Basically... Carson is Jon Snow. Um, oh. <laughs> I make no connection. I just yeah. like it. Uh, and... And and Perna is sorry for asking because he must he must miss it. <laughs> is Perna Kyburn? <laughs> She's not even a maester. Sorry, oh okay, I'm done. But he's so much better than yeah, I know. I just feel like it's weird. Um, but Perna's like sorry for asking. You must miss. And he's like, no, no, don't be sorry, love. And I'm like, oh, love you, <laughs> seriously, the Carson love hour. I'm essentially blushing. Well, and then we get right into it, right? The science challenge. <laughs> There's pipettes, there's microscopes, there's romance of Bruin. So here's the thing. So usually in like a like a romantic montage, there's usually like candles. Something gets thrown. Like yeah. like flour in the kitchen or something like that. <laughs> thankfully, thankfully, these two scientists are smart enough to be like, hey, let's, let's not throw glass and vials of shit at each other. Just this can get real bad. Or what if they did? And it's like, all of a sudden, it's like, oh, remember that time I gave you that really cool acid scar? Because we were flirting? I just, we were just watching this critical run shot where they're chucking ping pong balls at each other. <laughs> That's a thing. Yeah. Uh, they should just throw beakers at each other. <laughs> at the same time, John is interrogating Steve. And then Perna and Carson get frustrated and tired, and as does Steve and John. And, and then Listen, Perna... this, the Shepherd and Steve romance is just as thick as the Perna. Serious romance. Yeah. Uh, and, and Perna reads Carson some more of the journal, and eventually Carson sees something. And calls Caperna over, and they did it, and they're so excited. Big old bear hugs break out, and later on, some mild over the clothes action. <laughs> I'm just well, assuming. I feel like the second he picks her up off the ground, oh. she's like, "Yeah, he's getting some." Oh yeah, yeah, no, that's yeah. She, that's if she hadn't completely fallen before that, she's that's where done she's now. like, "Oh yeah," that's yeah. where she decides. Yeah, she. That's the that's the last the deciding draw moment where mm-hmm. she's like, "All right, I'm in." Yeah, yeah, we're going. We're going to the, there. I Look, bet- if anyone gives a hug that well, <sighs> don't. Don't lose that Do one. Do not underestimate the power of a good hug. Mm-hmm. For all cases, whether it be extremely comforting and just literally platonic or not platonic. Yeah. I will say that one of the things that convinced me to keep dating Boyfriend Jesse, Boyfriend Jesse and I, or Domestic Partner Jesse and I, have shared the stories over and over about how it wasn't exactly love at first sight yeah. for us. <laughs> like at all. No. But one of the things that convinced me to keep trying... Was the man gives good hugs? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was like, I like a good hug. I have a couple. I have a couple just platonic friends who give like yeah. the best, the best. Can't hugs. miss a good. Yeah, it's good. good hugs are good hugs. I'm like, maybe that's part of the reason why we're still friends. Yep. Um, that's not actually. Aww. They're really cool. Otherwise, um, usually people who give a good hug are usually good people. That's they're good people. Yeah, I'm a hugger. So. Durin reads the results. 100% cellular penetration in all five test inoculations. And Carson and Perna pat each other on the backs with kudos. Uh, and Carson, you know, it's this, this is all promising and it's the start of things. And Durin's like, and Perna are both going, yeah, the next step is testing it on Steve. Hey. And Carson's like, come again, four big fudge. What happened? Whoa, 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 whoa. Where did the train derail? Pump the brakes. <laughs> 
Pump them brakes. Back at in Atlantis, Weir and John discuss this idea of testing this now on Steve. And to John, Steve's going to die. Yeah. So we might as well use him good in the situation. <laughs> yeah. And, and Weir does remind him that the uh, Geneva Convention prohibits using prisoners for scientific research. Yep. John reminds him that had the Wraith attended the Geneva Convention... Uh, they would have tried to eat everyone. <laughs> yeah. Both valid points. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it is up to Weir to find some sort of touchstone of like, what do I base my decisions on? It is. And it's also one of those where uh, maybe it's the slight like chaotic neutral sometimes in me. But I'm calls. I'm, I'm a bit on John's side of that. The Geneva, Geneva Convention was was written with specific circum. Like not. Yeah. There was no hundred percent evil human eating things being involved when writing the Geneva Convention. There was no aliens around. Well, here's the thing: is th- neither one of them is wrong. No. Neither one of them is right. Exactly. So where do we evolve this to? Yeah. Because this is. This is a starting point for Weir. Yeah. And she has to take this. This is her baseline. Yep. Like, this is her, like, okay, well, we start here. This is what's been done before. It's kind of like, it's like dealing with an unknown illness. Yes. It's like, we've never dealt with this illness, but we've, here's how we've treated other unknown things before. Uh-huh. So we, we'll start with this. She's, she's on an adventure of a whole nother Oh kind. my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, New lands, not only physically, but metaphorically. Yes. Morally. And while they don't know what the long-term... And John's, like, continues. He's like, we don't know what the long-term effects of this drug are going to be on humans. But we do know what the long-term effects of wraith feeding on humans are. Which is death. Which is death. Yeah. So, apparently, we never assumed she'd be going down this road and having to make these decisions when she took on this mission. I'm well, like, yeah. Did you, okay. If your imagination could have thought this <laughs> up, then you probably would be not okay. Yes. Um, absolutely, you didn't think of it, but you're here, and this is why you're here because you were going to come up with tough decisions. Well, and I think also when she's when this whole process of this drug, and we have the wraith and the sex of drugs. She's like, I didn't think we'd come to this point. I was like, but did you not think you're going to come to this point? Or did you just convince yourself that you weren't going to come to this did point? Did you just not want to? Exactly. Yeah. Because um, the thing is, you, this is why you're here. Yeah. It's kind of like when you, you take on a new job. It's going to be a challenge. You're, you're sick of doing the same thing over and over. And then you get to the hard part and you're like, this is hard. It's like, <laughs> yes. It's also, you know, we're not just going to be testing this on someone who walks in off the street. They're not going to grab someone and test them against their will. It's a terminally ill patient who has volunteered himself for this. Um, yeah. So John offers Steve a field trip. Mm-hmm. Tell John something of value and he gets to eat. She agrees to. And I'm like... This in the next scene. I'm like, hey, guys, just a thought. Um, instead of transporting yes. your dangerous you. enemy Thank completely you. conscious to the other planet, how about you just bring your the one test subject yeah. to Atlantis, where you also know for a fact that Carson has better monitoring equipment to monitor Also, safer jail cell for bad guy. Yeah. I never quite understood this part. This is like, 
bad decision making all around. I, I, to the point where I expected the race to get loose here. Yeah, it was like that they had purposely made a bad decision, and it was part of the story. It line. was a bad. There's no justifying this choice that they made. I don't understand it. But moving on from that, on sure. Hoffa. Um, I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, that was, was also in my notes. What the fuck? Yeah. So uh, the, the the volunteer, his name is Meryl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's whatever he has is beyond even Carson could heal yeah. or do anything for. And, and Carson sort of yeah. has to come to terms with that. Um, he does warn him, like, the actual end may not be peaceful. Right. Um, we don't know what's going to happen. And to Meryl's point of view of no matter what happens, whether I die, whether I live, you're going to learn something of value that you can use to, um, perfect things in the future. And that's not a reason to curse and to do this, but Meryl's not afraid. No matter what happens, his death will have meaning. And having meaning in your death and being remembered is something that everyone strives for. He just wants to help his people. I understand where Meryl's coming from. Yeah. I feel like a proper psych evaluation would have been really important right now. Yeah. Uh, Because it's important to know that these words are his. Yeah. And not things that have been ingrained into him. But in a certain... It's one of those where if you take into context the view, and we later learn the view of almost the entire population there. Yeah, no kidding. It's like, if if these aren't necessarily his words, that are words that have been so ingrained for so long into him that there's no way to disconnect them. Right, that's true. That's true. You know, there's no way, they are his words, but he's also been brainwashed to the point of there is literally no way to, to these not be his words. Yeah. So in the hallway, Carson points out to Perna, how this goes against everything he believes yeah. in. Like, he cites his, the Hippocratic Oath, which are more than just words to him. Right. It's, as it is to most doctors. As, yeah. That there is... This is this goes against, like, his soul, his being. He, mm-hmm. he cannot grok doing this, basically. Yeah. And Perna says, quote, The battle rages at the very threshold of our laboratory now. To those of us working to the last know that these few final hours have been dearly purchased, yet our concentration has not waned. We cannot hope to to save ourselves, but we can hope that one last insight, one last revelation before we take our dying breaths may prevent this terrible day from happening again. Those are, those are Farrell's last words of the journal entry to the her. Those are more than just words. Well, and they are. Yeah. They are. They they literally they're all raised on this thought process. Yeah. That urgency is real. They, you know, it's they have this the two of them have the same goal in the end. They just the their difference in views on it is not is ingrained. They've been raised on a different set of values. Yes. And if you cannot force your values onto other people. And what I find interesting here is it's not just a conversation about forcing your values on other people. These are two people who cannot even understand the viewpoints right. of of the other values. Like, right. A lot of times while you can, you don't necessarily agree on something, you can at least sort of see the other point of view. You can understand you where they're the coming common from. Ground, yeah. These two viewpoints, they can't even see the other side of the river to yeah. each other. Yeah. 
Um, it's tough because I, I want our guys to be thoughtful enough to be able to see it. Yeah. Look, we don't have to agree with it. We don't. But I understand what this means to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do. You have to. When your people, you literally, literally you've grown up knowing that everyone died Mm -hmm. because of this and to save this and then you're going to choose to treat it differently. Yeah. Then what kind of an asshole are you? Yeah. Yeah. And and Carson points out a, a point here um, which I feel like he is even further from seeing the other side mm-hmm. than someone like Taylor or John or anyone else because of his his values sort of push him further to the other side of the right, river. To... And he goes, you know, this is not about making mistakes. This is not about choosing the wrong path. He goes, this is about the ends justifying the means and the fact that in the medical profession, there is an extremely slippery slope. Mm-hmm. History is... Can time after time after time tells you stories about how it's the you know essentially Thanos of of you you yeah. think you're doing good but you push yourself and you delude yourself into what you're doing is positive so far that it's just bad news bears yeah you, yeah you it's it's a really tough one yeah and what's one of the reasons I love this episode yeah. is because of how sort of really deep into the questions this gets. Yep. Um, and one of the things that really terrifies Carson is the uh, is the fact that if Meryl is sacrificed, there's always going to be someone else to take his place. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't seem to... He understands every single life has value. Yeah. Um, and for the people on this planet, they're all one people. Well, it's almost, it's like their value means something else to these people. Yeah, yeah. This higher, this higher goal is, is in this case, you know, the good of, of the many outweighs the good of the one. Mm -hmm. To quote ish Star Trek again. (laughs) So in the Hoffman jail, Steve is there. John wants to know how many hive ships have become in operation since they first woke. Uh, Steve's like, all of them. Oh, boy. Uh, and they will feed on their own. They'll gather strength, and then they'll come and kill you. Ta-da! The end. So they open the door. Carson tries to convince Meryl one last time not to do this. Um, but Meryl is like, no, I'm I'm doing this. Yeah. Um, I do want Meryl to, like, give me a little more courage. Like, yeah. give me a show of something. So To just fucking say... I'm going in here. Yeah. It's so creepy and uncomfortable to Which watch. Which I think that's part of, to me, the the fact that you see Meryl's strength because he is clearly, like, fucking terrified of this, and yet he still does it. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just so... It makes me sick. Yeah. So, Steve goes to feed. Perna oh. is visibly shaken watching Steve feed. Um, oh. But Steve can't feed. He, he's like just turns away in disgust, and Ugh. Meryl is just left with these claw wounds on his. Chest. Yeah, uh, it's giving me chills. It's okay. just the way, yeah, like even the way he like exposes his shirt. Yeah, it's very lamb to the slaughter. Oh, it's so sick. Yeah. Okay, I'm out. I'm out. Okay, so Duran pours out champagne, uh, calling Carson the Perna heroes of the Hoffman people. Yeah. See, this is where we've crossed the line. <laughs> we've crossed the line. Carson is like, you know, banquets might be a little. Uh, a couple sets of heads of where we are. It's yeah. a little too early. To ce- you can celebrate having this one step, 
Um, but during... But also consider how you celebrate this, because yeah. maybe this way is a little big. Um, Duran has already talked to the council to approve mass production of the serum. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Perna thinks it's awesome, and Carson's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Again, one track mind. <laughs> what the bloody fuck? It worked once, let's keep moving. <laughs> That was one test. You could have really used a morals and ethics class. Yeah. Uh, they don't They don't understand why Carson, like, is not as excited about this. They, mm-hmm. they know that Carson wants to run a full test on Meryl, but clearly it worked. Um, and maybe it had something to do, as Carson says, with Meryl being almost dead. Right. You know? There's too um, many variables. Yeah. I'll mention it to the council. That's fine. Back in Steve's cell block, uh, Ford has called Taylor and John, and Steve doesn't look good. Mm-hmm. He's weak. He's in pain. The Wraith aren't one to use that as a ruse. And Steve rushes at the bars and collapses in pain. Yeah. John says to go get Carson, um, but the Wraith tells John to not feel pity for him. He'll soon suffer far worse when the others come for him. So a and couple things. Dead. A couple things here. Uh, well. Taylor's right, and it's not their typical way. I wouldn't so quickly be like, oh, okay, then he's not faking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if you're dying, yeah. you're probably going to try everything under the sun. That's I all. think it's more of Taylor's like, it's not my first idea of what he's doing. Yeah. So cut to Steve on a table, ready to be Ugh. cut into. Carson's like, I was just about to cut him open. Yeah, uh, And Tom's like, no. I was just leaving. Yeah. Um, and Carson did run some earlier tests. And he died from all his vital organs shutting down at once. Not from starvation and malnutrition, wow. not eating. He had a huge amount of the Hoffman serum in his bloodstream. Uh, Carson's actually thinking, early hypothesis here, that the serum actually mutated the wraith feeding enzyme and actually poisoned Steve yeah. as he tried to feed. And if the serum did this... It's not just a defensive weapon against the Wraith anymore. Right. It will actually kill them. Which, of course, to Durin is like... That's great Best news. of all news! Yeah. Awesome! Uh, John and Taylor are like, yeah, no. No, because that means that now you're on their radar, you yeah. dum-dum. They're just gonna... More likely, they're just gonna wipe you out now. Again, um, the one-track mind, they don't see the outside forces. Like, one... Now they're aware of you. Now you're a threat. Now they're going to hone in on you. Two, if this thing is powerful enough to start killing them and they're aware of it, then guess what they do? They become more powerful back at you. Yeah. Duran's just sure that they're just going to ignore the planet. Once it's yeah, it's not always feed. about more firepower. No. It's about smart firepower. Work smarter, not harder. Harder. I was going to say work smarter, not better. And I'm like, that's not the line. That's, yeah. Um, so... They're, it's like talking to a brick wall. Yeah. Durin will absolutely not see how this isn't good for their peop- for his people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all of John and Taylor's very accurate rebuttals fall basically on dead ears. Even if they were to work on Durin, he's like, look, I made the recommendation to the council already. We've already begun inoculating our people. Yikes. And, and I understand where he's coming from. And I understand that this is what they've been working on forever. Yeah. But yeah, they're coming for you. Yeah. They're coming. So Carson starts packing up his gear. Perna is shocked he's leaving. He's like, look, no one here listens anymore. Unless you're going to go back and help, like, refine this drug so it's actually just a defensive thing. Then 
there's really no good of me being here and, and doing it anymore. Um, and Perna tells him that Meryl is dead. Dun, dun, dun. He's like, you have to stop the inoculations at yeah. this point. Um, and she's like, there, no one's going to stop inoculations. One, one man's, one man being dead doesn't mean that Morn will follow. And I'm like, you. That's, that's almost exactly what that means. It's literally a hundred percent of your test cases have now died. Yeah, that may be almost exactly what that is, because he didn't die of whatever other thing he had. Yeah. We made that clear. <laughs> So, guess what probably killed him? Hundred. Uh, well, we don't know for sure he didn't die. Mm, yeah. But I'm like, a hundred percent of your test cases just died. Yeah. Maybe that's cause for pause. <laughs> P-A-U-S-E, not P-A-W-S. Although everything oh, is a cause me. for pause. Everything's a cause for pause. Per- Carson's like, look, you are one of the most brightest people I've ever met in my life. Please play no more part in this. Yeah. Um, but it's too late. Perna was the f- one of the first to be inoculated. Of course. So back in the Chancellor's office, uh, Duran doesn't want to rush any conclusions about Meryl's death. John's like, exactly what you should be rushing to conclusions on. Yeah. You were fine rushing No, you in. are rushing to conclusions, but you're just rushing to yeah. the conclusions that fit what you want to say. you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the emphasis is that they don't know what killed Meryl. Could have been his disease. It could have been the serum. We don't know. Again, selective. Very yeah. selective in what you're like, this is fine. Carson is not willing to risk the, the thousands of lives on an assumption that Meryl just died from his disease. And Taylor calls over the radio and says they need help in the medical center. And Taylor takes her jacket off to dive in, which means action. Yeah. Uh, when, when the, the guns are out. Uh-huh. The guns are out. The guns are out. Uh, and they're stunned when they get to the medical center. There's patients everywhere. They began arriving last night. They just keep rolling in. Carson takes his jacket off, his guns to go to work, too. <laughs> John tells Ford to go have Weir sent full medical support, and Duran just leaves. Yikes. So Carson calls Perna over to help with someone who just dies in front of them. And he has the inoculation mark in his arm. Yeah, there's very little they can do for him. Also, that's a big-ass inoculation mark. Yeah. That's like the smallpox. Well, again, it's I think it's one of those where they're like, we didn't... They didn't go through the time of making a smaller, less painful They're just like, here you go. Here's a cigar burn for you. (laughs) So, John Superhero kicks the door in to Duran's office. (laughs) Half the people who got the inoculation are dying. Yikes. Duran's like, yeah, half. The numbers are holding at that level. The other half live and will kill any wraith that feeds on it. The wraith will now know the full conviction of the Hoffman people. No, you don't (laughs) want that. First of all, y'all need like an FDA (laughs) system that you run things through. Yeah, he's already looking ahead um, to see if uh, the Atlantis crew can help spread this drug to every human in the galaxy. No, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 Thanos. That's what John's like, calm down, Thanos. Yeah, Jesus. Um, let me, let me uh, take your gauntlet away from you. Uh-huh, you're not allowed to do this anymore. Um, I was trying to make some joke there about how one Avenger ruins getting the gauntlet away, but I lost my train of stupid, joke stupid, stupid 
Chris Pratt. I know. I was, it mainly is because I blinked for five seconds as to what the character's name That's was. okay. It happens. So, um, it's like, calm down, Thanos. You can't just, you know, sacrifice millions of lives at your own whim. Right. He's like, but we can to end the wraith. He's like, you can't make the bargain for your entire people. He goes, oh, I'm not. A vote's being called right now. And I'll stand by whatever they I mean, I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. They're just all very, they're like, yeah, they're just type mind in it. Uh-huh. So in the medical center, Carson is doing his triage thing uh, and, and pauses in a way that it's clear that he's been doing this for hours and hours. And it might very well be the next day and he hasn't stopped yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but Taylor tries to get his attention for something else. Yeah. She's like, hey, um, I know you're super busy saving lives and everything, but um, come check this out real quick. Yeah, uh, you might need. Do you want? Do you want a hank? Do you want a handkerchief? Because you might need it. Why don't you? Why don't you take a um a quick swig of that scotch? You should, because I know you have a flask somewhere. Somewhere of <laughs> some scotch. <laughs> I mean, clearly Carson's one thing he brought with him was scotch. Oh yeah, that's yeah. some good scotch. Yeah. I mean. Um, so he, he, he runs down the ward and finds her. Perna is among the half that is dying. Ah. And he kneels down and takes her hand and strokes her hair. And she tells him that she wishes she could have seen Atlantis. You literally could have. <laughs> like in hours. Except you were a dipshit. You literally could you, have. You, <laughs> you made one. You were one good decision away from seeing the coolest <laughs> thing that would ever exist in your whole life. If you had decided not to bring but, Steve too off. But you made bad decisions. And this is how you. And now. <laughs> um, and we literally see both. You must there. atone. Sorry. Shame. <laughs> uh, and we see both of their hearts breaking. This is the serious part of the episode, Grace. I'm trying. I'm Emotions. So, I'm so mad at her. Uh, this is why both actors were nominated for Leo Awards. Yeah. That part's pretty awesome. And <sighs> good credit to them. Um, Kirsten wishes he I'm had... too played. mad at her. <laughs> he played no part in this. Um, mm. But Perna tells him that Kirsten gave her people hope. Um, and with his with his help, they did not betray their forefathers. They they fulfilled their promise, um, and she knows she knows that she she doesn't have long, and asks him to stay. And he's not going to go anywhere. And they both break down in tears because it's the worst in the best emotional type way. Uh, like this is going to permanently be part of Carson's soul. I feel like. Listen. <laughs> I need to bring some levity to this moment. Do it. Because I don't feel good about it. <laughs> and I I took too many anti-anxiety meds and I don't, I can't cry. So it just feels uncomfortable. Do it. Do they go a full, a walk to remember and it's like, hey, one quick ride before you die? I mean, there might be a curtain there that they can, I mean, they can close. Why not send her off onto the... I unknown. Mean, isn't that how, like, one of the best ways to go? Wouldn't you want to just... I mean, why not? Why not send to... her off with a good memory? With I mean, things. yes, you'll have to live <laughs> with that forever, but uh, what's a couple of guilty moments for a dying woman's pleasure? No bigs. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, look, she's gonna go. She might as well just close and the curtain just give her- a little bit of satisfaction, if you will. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I'm a broken human. 
So sometimes later, uh, as they're walking in the tunnels, uh, there's a dead body that has walked past them. McKay, like, waves at Carson half-heartedly, and Ford's like, are you okay? And he says I in the way of, how the fuck do you think I'm doing, yeah, asshole? Oh, this is fine. <laughs> I am fine. Everything is burning, and I'm yeah. fine. So Duran heard that they were leaving, but wanted to share the results of the vote before they left. John I wanted just it. to rub this in your face. John reads it, hands it to Carson. 96% in favor. Wow, is that? The vote included everyone. Here's my question. I do like Taylor's asking that question. But here's my question. The next morning, were people Googling what is Brexit? Yeah. Like, <laughs> what is vaccine? Yeah. Like, do these. Fuck. Do they really know what they're voting for? Yeah. I do love Taylor's attempt to yeah. say, like, hey, does are you sure that everyone was represented is here? Is this just wealthy white landowners who are voting? Right. Like, at what point? <laughs> who's voting in this? And also, do the, who gets a say in what the children get to deal with? Yeah. Is it just the parents? Yeah. I mean,. You as a parent, half of your kids are going to survive. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. That That's mainly my question is the next morning, are people Googling what is Brexit? Yeah, they are. So what is vaccine? Um, so Duran says that they speak with one voice and they are resolute. And next time they meet, he hopes to discuss the best ways to disseminate the drug in as many worlds as possible. And John's like, yeah, no, because pretty sure if we come back, you won't be here. How about eat a big dick? Because we're not doing that. So as they walk away to John, Carson says, victory at all costs. Sound familiar? And John recognizes this Churchill. And, uh, and Carson's like, yeah, I never thought I'd disagree. It's such a fucked up one. So the quote, victory at all costs, is part of Churchill's infamous blood, toil, tears, and sweat speech that mm-hmm. he actually gave to the House of Commons in Parliament on May 13th, 1940. It was, um, it was at least, he used it a couple times. Um, it was sort of the most infamous use of it. And this was during the Battle of France, okay. um, which started three days earlier. Um, it was during the Battle of France that is also when he used the speech a few months later of we shall fight on the beaches speech the infamous, okay yeah for the normandy one yeah um which you know is one of like the greatest political speeches as accounted by people who keep track of greatest political speeches yes um and uh and for those of you who are bad with dates this was may 13th 1940 and germany invaded poland on september 1st 1939 so, so it was a year. Like this is into the. Well, it's into more of it. like it's into. Got it. The grid of things. Got it. Got um, it. I I will be honest because of the perspective of World War Two that is sometimes given to uh, kids in school. We forget that World War Two United started in 1939 and not in 1941. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was happening before the U.S. showed up. Yes. Um, and so the, the <laughs> it's like if this was one of those like world star videos, yeah. the U.S. is that friend at the end of the fight who comes in and kicks the guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the world star. OK, I'm done. The the it's near part of the speech that this came from is is like you ask, what is our policy? I will say it is to wage war. 
by sea, land, or air, with all of our might and with all the strength that God can give us, to wage war against the monstrous tyranny never surpa- surpassed in the dark and lament- lamentable catalog of human crime. Churchill used big words. Yeah. Um, that is our policy. You ask, what is our aim? I can answer in one short word, victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory however hard and long the road may be, for without victory there is no survival. So this was the speech that he gave to the House that basically got them to unanimously declare him prime minister. Like, to back him, basically. He'd already been, like, called to be prime minister. This was sort of his, everyone vote for me! Yeah. Um, And he replaced Neville Chamberlain. Um, And although some have said it's a paraphrase of Giuseppe Garibaldi when he was rousing the troops in Rome in 1849, Mm. uh, Teddy Roosevelt used something very, very, very similar to this uh, in an address to the Navy War College in 1897. Um, And the quote, I have nothing to offer but blood, toil, tears, and sweat is now on the new five pound note from the Bank of England. Damn. Yeah. It's, if nothing else, it reminds us of the, the despair yeah that comes in these moments and the almost this manic desperation where yeah. it's like this is the only way out of this and for 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 good or ill i mean there's a reason why churchill is one of the most interesting people yeah. to read a biography on but i mean Sometimes you get there. And I guess I guess there's no way to understand it without being there. Exactly. It's more of like a conversation between Churchill and Chancellor Duran would be interesting yeah. to be a fly on the wall on. Yeah. You know? And just, and you know, as much as we we feel what's right and what's wrong and what's appropriate and, and you know, the SG team leaves, um, we don't know what they were no. in. No. We don't understand what they existed in. No. Even Taylor's people who know who the Wraith is, they don't know the same. You just don't know the circumstances. No, it's, it's, and that's, it's, yeah. And that's why I love this episode so much. Yeah. It's moral quandrums and queries. And yeah, and it makes us think about it. And I love the little, the little knife at the end of the Churchill quote. Like, yeah. hey, remember we've been here. Yeah. Because right before that, you think, yeah, these guys are bad guys. Fuck them. Yep. And then it's like, hey, remember the time? Like, it just yeah. kind of whispers at you at the end. It's like, nope. Um, just nopes at you. So there's a reason this goes top of my list. Yeah, like, this beats out rising for multiple reasons. Only one of them being Carson. Yeah. I'm not going to lie that the Carson aspect does not play a role in that. <laughs> I'm going to actually put mine in the same spot. Are you going to number one? I'm going to number one number it. Number one with the bullet. Hide and seek. Yeah, I got rid of Childhood's End. Yeah. Poise, poisoning the well. I think I still like Childhood's End. I enjoyed Childhood's End. It's just I can't, not yeah. all of them go on my list. That's fair. Um... And then next week, we're going to be covering SG-1 Covenant. <gasps> Witches. Witches? Witches. Okay. Uh, oh, God, I just lost the line from Shakespeare. Toil, 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 and bubble. Fire, uh, uh, cauldron, burning, cauldron, boil. I don't know. Something wicked this way comes. That's yeah. That's all I know. I don't know. I don't know um, that play what, as well as is others. Is Macbeth? Pretty no, sure. it's yes. It's not Hamlet. It's Macbeth. It's Macbeth, the okay. the the Scottish play. Yes, as I I made a cape. As my as For my our video people, I made a cape. As my uh, theatrical background, uh, the Scottish play. 
Um, you don't the, say the name of it for those of you who don't know. I, it's extremely unlucky to say in the theater. I know that one. Um, for our audio people, I've been playing with magnets the whole time, and I made a cape, and it's adorable. It will fit a minifig. <laughs> I have no minifig to put it on. It's okay. Okay. All right. Here, um, put, put it. I have a dinosaur pen. Put it on the dinosaur pen. Put it on a dinosaur. Oh, it's not going to work. Is it not going to hold? No, it's mad. Okay, ready? Okay. <laughs> okay, bye! bye. Uh, guys, <laughs> see us next week <laughs> Covenant. Until then, find us on Twitter at Tara Podcast. Find us on Facebook at There's No Place Like Tara. Email us at There's No Place Like Tara at gmail.com. And patreon.com slash There's No Place Like Tara. Find me in a Like us, review us on Apple Podcasts. Bye! Bye, I love you. <laughs>